I'll pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have spoken through the prophets, down through the ages, O ancient of days. We thank you that you've spoken by your Son. We thank you for his teaching, his death, his resurrection, the righteousness that we have in him and the promise coming. And Heavenly Father, we now pray that you will speak by your Spirit as we look at your word. And we ask this for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, as we uh, read this passage this morning, we've actually got two conversations going. Uh, There is the obvious conversation between Gabriel and Mary. And I'll read that little conversation, verse 26 to verse 27 in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now that was a relative of Mary, in her uh, pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. So here we have a messenger from the presence of God and he's going to come to Nazareth, wherever that is, on the edge of the sort of promised land, sort of, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who happens to be a descendant of David. The virgin's name, the young woman's name, is Mary. Well, that's one conversation. As we read the passage, Gabriel is going to be speaking to Mary, Mary is going to be speaking to David. Now, there's another conversation implied in the background. The fellow who wrote this particular gospel and Acts of the Apostles, uh, he is also speaking. What he is doing is he is writing to a man named Theophilus. He's called Most Excellent, so he's probably some sort of official in the Roman Empire, saying, look, I'm telling you about the certainty of things that you've heard about. Let me read. This is chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Many people have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses, they've seen it, or servants of the word, preachers of the word. With this in mind, since I myself, Luke, the doctor, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Uh, Some people's names have meaning. Theophilus means friend of God. So he's speaking to Theophilus. But just keep in mind, there's a few friends of God who might stand behind him and read these words. So that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Well, I'm now going to give you three headings. The last one's a bit longer than the other two. It shouldn't be like that in sermons, but I know it's just a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to talk about the word. It occurs three times in the passage and it occurs in that introductory that I read. 
or the message. Uh, or sometimes substituted for the gospel or whatever. Okay, so a word. Three things I want to say about it. The first thing here in verses 28 to 30 is it was a word that troubled. As I read this to you, just keep on thinking about when I normally see Christmas cards or something depicting the angel speaking to Mary, what we have is, well, obviously an angel, um, maybe wings, maybe something, but it's obviously an angel. And Mary is a teenager uh, from Nazareth. Okay, now just keep that in mind. Verse 28. The angel, or the messenger from God, went to her and said, Greetings! You who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his word. Actually, it's singular in the Greek. At his word. And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. Now, can I just say, to be pedantic, it's not the appearance of the angel that scares her. It's the word that he speaks scares her or troubles her. Okay? Now, maybe angels did have wings, I don't know, but the, the emphasis here on it's the announcement that bothers her, troubles her, causes her to be concerned. I've got there two points underneath that. Greetings, O highly favoured one. Now, the favour is then emphasised. The Lord's with you. You're highly favoured with God. Twice he says it in this conversation. Now, I think that's one thing that startles her a bit. It's not everyone who comes up to you and says, says that. You're, you know, you're, you're favoured by God. I think young people, if clergy come up and say to them, oh, they think you know, I've got to go into ministry or something like that. This is a... This is, strange sort of uh, thing to say to her. And then the greetings. I had a colleague in Adelaide. He was my assistant minister. And instead of saying good day, good morning, or whatever, he'd always say greetings and raise his hand at the same time, I might say. Uh, on the bike track, I thought, I normally say, I try to say hello to everyone, even if they won't say hello. And I know they won't say hello, I'm still going to say hello. But on the I thought, oh, well, one day I'll, last week, I thought, I'll try this one. That was when went along, I'd say, greetings. Oh, I don't know what they thought, but anyway, some of them, they just said, oh, yeah, greetings. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, a, 
the, the Greek actually, you know how I understand, I don't know whether this is true or not, you can tell me afterwards. When I say good day, I'm really saying God's day be with you. That's how it all started. Is that correct? You don't know? That is correct then. Okay. God's day. Well, the word greetings is actually kyre, rejoice. So, so here is this person coming back, coming up and saying, Rejoice, the Lord's with you. You are highly favoured by God. Well, she's troubled by the saying. Now, the saying then, there is, I've got two other uh, comments here now. The word, or the saying, it's another way of saying the word, it's a word that informed. Uh, when Gabriel, sent from God, uh, came to speak with this young woman, he was really only repeating a number of conversations. One particularly was by Daniel, 500 years before. He was saying more or less the same thing. Or David, a thousand years before, more or less saying the same thing. Let me uh, read, first of all, verse 31 to 33. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll call him, the Lord saves, Joshua, Jesus. And when Joseph appears to her husband, to be, uh, he said, because he will save his people from their sins, the Lord saves. He would be great. He would be called the Son of the Most High. Uh, in days, those days, there were many gods of the various nations. The God of Israel is the Most High One. That's the one. He, he is the High God. Is the one overall. Well, this child of yours is going to be son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Well, everyone was waiting for David's throne. For a thousand years they've been waiting. And this throne and this kingdom, verse 33. He'll reign over Israel's descendants or Jacob's descendants forever. Now, if you, if you were sort of an historian in those days, you might say, oh, well, the great kingdoms of the world, Syria, Assyria, Babylonian kingdom, uh, Greek kingdom, Roman kingdom, in our day, you might say, oh, British Empire, uh, Russian Kingdom, Chinese Kingdom, United States. Well, he's going to reign over all of those kingdoms forevermore. This is an eternal kingdom that we're talking about. Now, can you imagine the things that are now going through Mary's mind? A king? that's 
of eternity? When Daniel saw it in the first reading, he went silent. Think, this kingdom is going to be an eternal kingdom. Now, Daniel writes, I'll just read 7, 13 and 14. In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man. Looks like a man. He's coming up with the clouds of heaven and he approaches God or you can call him the ancient ones, the ancient of days, the eternal one, or you can call him the most high, and then was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power, all nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His 